We're back uh, for another episode of our podcast of trying to uh, walk beside the idea of a journey in discipleship where it moves beyond just what happens in a church building, but actually has an impact on the life that you live. Uh, I know for most of my life, uh, I spent a lot of time with my Christian faith just doing. Uh, I had to go to church, and I had to read my Bible, I had to do good things, and, and I just kind of put it into a compartment of just what I did. And uh, it's probably only been the last 10, maybe 15 years of learning something deeper, something more that my faith is. It's about being. And when I'm in the, the presence of God and I place myself um, in his shadow and I, and I uh, abide in him, as the Bible uses that term, then there should be something that naturally flows out from that. And, and um, that's the goal that we would have, is that something happens when we abide in Him, when we are in His presence. And so then I ask myself the question, how, how do I uh, arrange my rhythm of the day? How do I arrange my life in that, and to let that happen? And where's the evidence that it has happened? Uh, now, we don't get it right all the time, and that's not what this podcast is for, to tell you how to get it right. But we want to stir conversations. We want to stir your mind and your heart in a way to think through, how can I be with God, not just when I go to church or in a Bible study, but in, in every existence of what I do at home and at work and at play, um, just just being with God and then letting my life just flow from there and letting the, the goodness of who God is and be evident to, to those around me. Uh, if you're new with us, uh, my name is Pastor Dan Hersler. I am a pastor uh, of a church called Refuge Church in Manor, PA, and I've got two guys with me. I'm Ryan. And I'm Mike. And uh, these guys are just here to help kind of facilitate, thought, talk, uh, talk through their own experiences, uh, kind of piggyback on each other, just to kind of have this discussion. Uh, again, we're thankful that you're joining us in this and, um, you know, uh, hopefully uh, be able to stir that on. Uh, we're right in the middle of Christmas. And um, we've been talking about Advent. I don't know how you are with your uh, history or what type of churches you're familiar with, uh, but a lot of times churches will celebrate kind of the, the Advent season, uh, simply meaning the coming of Jesus, the celebration of Christmas and the first coming, and then we recognize the fact that he'll come again. And uh, there's really a lot of good reasons to celebrate Advent. Uh, it helps us to kind of slow down and, and recognize, uh, you know, that life isn't just the hustle and bustle of this season. It gets us a chance to kind of stand on the shoulders of other Christians throughout all the generations that have celebrated Advent. It gives you a reminder that God's faithful in His promises. And um, the one I really like, it, it, it helps remind me I'm not created just for this moment in time. Sometimes uh, there's a holy discontent that should come in, in this season where Although the gifts and the toys and the fun and the celebration is great, it doesn't last because it's temporal, and we were created for eternal. And so there's an eternity that we long for and can only be satisfied in Christ and the relationship we have there and what is coming. And so I can enjoy the temporal, but I don't become um, a worshiper of it, or I don't become a slave to it. I don't become just addicted to it uh, because it's it's temporal. So Advent helps us to 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 go through this journey with that. And, and I'd encourage you to to spend some time uh, with this thought and some of these things that we've been talking about. Maybe even as a family, 
celebrating uh, an Advent season is, is a really good thing. Um, we're talking uh, today about the, the idea of joy. So, so each kind of Sundays um, or whatever time your church meets, uh, there's kind of love and hope and faith and joy, some of the, the key elements of, of this time. And so uh, we want to talk about joy, the theme of joy in Advent. And, you know, when we talk about joy, uh, we recognize that uh, it's, it's not just an emotion, I think, A lot of times, and we'll talk a little bit towards the end, how do we have joy when we are not feeling joyful? But we usually just put joy into its own category of just when good things happen, I feel joyful. And that means it's subject to the good things. That means it's an emotion. Where I believe it is an emotion, I'm not saying it's not, but it's also something else as well, too. It is a proven truth. And when you can think about, I can feel joy, and yet I can also be joyful when I don't feel joy, that opens up another whole other world. And since it kind of moves life from just black and white to, to now colors. Um, in fact, when um, the angels appeared to the shepherds, uh, they were the first to say that Jesus was born, and it's great news of great joy. Now, the shepherds in that moment should have Again, been excited because of the emotion of what was happening in the moment and felt the emotion of joy. But what the angels were speaking of there is something even deeper than that. It was a truth that his life was going to bring joy because it would set people free and his life would be a, a um, just a, a sacrifice given out of love of God for his people to defeat sin and death. That is a truth that we have. And so uh, this understanding of joy in that way is is helpful for us and, and hopefully can uh, answer that question as we will get towards the end. You know, how, how do I have joy when I don't feel joyful? But, um, you know, Ryan, I'll just kind of start with you. When you think of joy and a biblical sense of joy, what, what's some of the ideas that come to your mind? You know, I mean, there are a few scriptures that, you know, I, I go to just right off the bat, but, you know, in Psalm 16, you know, in your presence, there's fullness of joy, you know, or the joy of the Lord is your strength, you know, or just all the commands, commands to rejoice in the Lord, you know, which is interesting because you start to think about that. Well, you're commanded to rejoice. So that puts it into something, you know, of well, we don't just sit around and wait to be joyful or, you know, waiting for, you know, right, to something good to come into your life that you can then be joyful of. It's a, If it's a command, it's something you can do at any moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for me, I just really, really, truly believe, right, as it is just the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the presence of of Jesus. And so I think really the joy that God wants to give is joy that comes from him. And I think first and foremost, it's joy in who he is and mm. his constant personhood and nature, mm. you know, cause then you always have a reason to be joyful. You can always be joyful in something that never changes. And it's the changeless nature of, of God. Um, but I think then it, it spills over into just other parts of our life is, you know, I think as we recognize true joy found in Jesus, we can begin to enjoy other things in life. You know, just really out of that, seeing the good, you know, creation of God, being able to enjoy his creation. Yeah. 
I like that thought, you know, even the joy uh, in the personhood of, mm. of who, who God is, who Christ is. It, it um, you know, it doesn't take away. And, and you know, we know that we're going to go through hard times. We're going to go through seasons where it's difficult. Yeah. Um, statistically speaking, December is one of those. I mean, mm. people struggle in December because of the, the a lot of the country's dark or cold. Um, just a lot of people are, are singing and laughing, and there seems to be joy around, but you don't feel joy, and so now you feel even worse. I think social media adds to it. Everyone else posting their pictures, and maybe you just, like, they live something different, so there's got to be something wrong with you. Uh, just the loneliness sometimes that people are missing out on family and relationships. Um, but when you say, okay, joy again is not only limited to my circumstances, but it goes beyond that. Now, now again, that opens us up to, to another channel, another avenue. And one of them is, is, uh, understanding the personhood of who Christ is. Uh, Mike, what about you when you think of joy or biblical ideas of joy? Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like you're just reading my diary right there. A bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm someone that definitely deals with the seasonal thing, uh, even though I'm not on social. And we've taught, I think every episode that we've done on joy before, it, like, I always get reminded uh, gently or strongly by you two that it's like, no, it's not always emotional. I'm like, I know, I know. But I feel my emotions a lot. And so I think about, like, the biblical perspective of it. Um, and... It's interesting mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, all this comes back to the gospel, which is good news. And why is it good news? I mean, it, it, it can be good news to everybody for a different reason, but it is generally in the same bucket of good news for everyone. And I, I guess what I'm going, where I'm trying to go to with this is just like you said, does my personal circumstance that I'm walking through right now, make God any less good hmm. yep. because when God offers the good news to us, he's not coming to us and saying, Hey man, you have a good thing going. Why I can make it just a little bit better. <laughs> like why, why, why don't you do it my way? And we'll, and we'll see how he's, he's like, man, like this is broken, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I fixed it. Here's how it's fixed. Hmm but it's still going to be broken for a little bit mm -hmm. and you can help other people see that, that I'm, I've fixed it and can mm -hmm. fix them too. And that might be an oversimplification, but that is the good news of the gospel. Mm -hmm. And as someone that like wants, I want to feel the emotion of joy. Mm -hmm. I think maybe that's what I've been trying to describe is I want to actually feel it mm -hmm. and I don't. And, and I don't always, and, and I struggle with that. I think it was John Wesley who was a part of the revivalist movement who like went through this whole phase that was like, yeah. I never had this highly emotional experience of being saved. Maybe I'm not saved. And mm -hmm. I was reading through that and I was like, no, you idiot. Like <laughs> you, did you see the work that you were doing? And yeah. I understand how he got there. Um, but it's interesting cause I'm almost having the same conversation with myself mm -hmm. where I'm like, well, I don't, I don't feel the emotion of joy. And it was, it was recently where man, something just hit in, in me um, or I was in worship somewhere and I was like, you know what? I don't even, I don't care. I don't care how it sounds, how I would have done this song or anything. I'm, I'm just going to sing because I have a reason to sing and yeah. I have joy even though I don't emotionally feel joyous. Yeah. I still have joy. Yeah. Um, I still have hope. I still have yeah. that ultimate security because God is good even when my days are not. 
Um, and, and that has been, um, it's just been a discipline of like, you know, we talked a year ago, like I was talking to Ryan before this, this, this last year has been like, okay, what, what does it look like to be meek and, and get through that? And yeah. so I, I think that's, that's just where I am with the joy piece. Yeah, no, that's good. I appreciate your honesty in that. And I'm sure, um, you know, John won't mind you calling him an idiot. Um, <laughs> sure, sure. It'll be all right with that. But, um, yeah, I think, I think, uh, you, you hit the nail on the head with, with a lot of this stuff. Um, you know, how do we do this? And, and I, I want to offer some practical suggestions and then I'll ask you guys to kind of maybe piggyback on one of them. Okay. So, so, uh, whichever one that, that really sticks out to you. And, and before I offer you some of these suggestions, I, I want you to know, um, you know, we are not, um, uh, professional counselors here. Uh, we're not giving you professional help. Um, for some, uh, hearing this, um, that you need that you need to talk to somebody, you need to seek out professional help. Um, we'd be the first to, to encourage you to do that. Yet, uh, we also realized, I think last I heard it takes like seven or eight stops and starts to get professional help. And so you might be on some of those stop and start journeys. Um, and so help me, let me help you kind of start again. Let me help you think this through by giving you some just real five practical ideas. I think that can help, um, in your, your journey during this time. And I'm not telling you that if you work through these things, it'll produce joy. I'm not telling you that. I'm just saying it might be helping in the discipline, uh, to finding joy when you feel joyless. Uh, first of all, um, I think you have to really start in very simple things, very, very basic things like just, you know, sleeping or maybe just getting out of bed. Uh, some of those basic things are difficult for people. Um, and you got to realize I, I need to, I need to physically take care of myself. That would require then, uh, eating properly and exercising and getting out of the house. Uh, some of these physical things can actually help in a spiritual sense because it moves you away. Like sometimes we get in this moment, um, where, uh, I kind of jokingly will say, you know, we treat these things like the boogeyman and it's so much bigger. We hear noise and we think it's such bigger things happening. And sometimes if just by getting out and turning the light on, you realize, Oh, that was just a noise. <laughs> and, and by sleeping and eating properly and exercising, it, it helps the mind just to be able to move and, and, and hopefully process things a little bit better. Again, I'm not telling you it's going to fix everything, but it's just a simple step you can take. Uh, number two, you really need to be talking to somebody, uh, not just on a professional level, but there is need. It, it, again, if you need that, seek that. But you need to, to communicate. Um, again, if you go to a church, I'd encourage you to, to speak with, you know, whoever your religious, uh, spiritual leader is, whether that's a pastor, an elder, a ministry leader, a good, a small group leader, um, maybe you have a good family member, just talk. You, you got to share some of the things that you're feeling and going through. Uh, then yeah, I think you got to really think about the mind right now is the thing that is probably, uh, the battleground for what you're going through. And so uh, third thing I'd suggest is, you know, uh, find some verses that you really, um, uh, really speak to and you don't have to, you don't have to know everything about them or everything about all the context. You don't have to know all the Greek words or Hebrew words, but just, just kind of ponder them, think them through, talk them out, uh, repeat them. Uh, put them in, in your mind and just let those verses just kind of resonate in there. Um, 
you know, maybe there's a, a thought in those verses that you just need to keep telling yourself over and over and over again. Uh, worship songs can be a really good tool to, to help you in that. Uh, you got to realize in your mind something's going on, uh, and you need to help yourself with that. Uh, the fourth thing I, I'd remind you is that everyone has been created with a purpose. And sometimes our joylessness is because we feel like we're, we're not doing anything or we're not purposeful. Or we don't have a, a reason. Uh, and everybody has been given a purpose. So one of the great promises of God is that you are created as a masterpiece. You have an identity. You have a calling. Now, we use those terms a lot when we, we elevate things like a, a calling to ministry or a calling to mission work. But everybody has a calling. If you're a parent, you have a calling as a parent. If you're a spouse, you have a calling as a, as a spouse. If you are just you know a single person, you have a calling in that singleness. Uh, it's not just, okay, in the circumstances, then I will find my purpose. Everybody has a purpose. And so remind yourself of that. And, and if you're struggling to find it, well, then go back to talk to someone you trust and, and, and let's move in that purposefulness, that identity, that calling. And then just the last thing, just keep talking to God. Um, you know, maybe you need to write out your prayers. Maybe you need to journal your prayers. Um, but just keep having conversation with God. That's one of the things that Scripture teaches us over and over again is the psalmists and those uh, prophets and those uh, people that just didn't see things happen around them the way they thought they should, who were living in uh, a time of just great um, uh, just godlessness, and they were struggling and they were hurting and they were questioning God. They kept talking to God. And, and I think that process can really help us to find joy because joy is a fruit of the Spirit. And Jesus promised that if we would abide in him, that he, we would find his joy. It says, I have told you this, that, you, that my joy may be in you. And so something about his joy can be in you if we abide in him and we recognize the fruit of the Spirit is joy, who wants to show us the world that that's what the Spirit is, is joy. So I can discover it even in times of joylessness. And so, um, you know, Ryan, as I share some of those things, what are some mm-hmm. practical things that, that, that have helped? Yeah, I think the last one for me has really been big is just, you know, believing that God is not only accessible, but that he wants you to come to him, you know, and that he is the fountainhead of all fruit, you know, and, and that the promise was that, you know, not only would he want you to come to him, but I mean, I, I take that promise in Psalm sixteen eleven and really believe in your presence, there's fullness of joy. It's not just a, a positive or yeah. encouraging word, you know, yeah. that's truth, you know, in your presence, there's fullness of joy, you know? And so if there are days when I really feel like just not feeling it, yeah. you know, just really have no desire for God. I got no desire really to be around anyone, you mm. know, just those are the moments where it's like, I know I need to run to Jesus. Mm. You know, I need help. I'm wounded, you know, yeah. I'm injured, you know, God, you got to help me. And then it just one of those things of, uh, I think God wants to meet our needs so much more than we actually ask him to, you know, and it's just, God, help me. I want to know just the joy of the Lord. I want to know your joy. You know, I, I, I want to God, you know, and I believe this is what you desire, yeah. 
you know? And so I just try to just become aware of his presence mm. and just wait and expectantly wait. God, you will give me joy. Mm. You will, because it's your promise. It's your word. So, Lord, I'm just here. I'm here waiting on you. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to praise you. And I'm here just like a little child, you know, because I need you. That's good. Mike, how about you? I think for me, um, it's really just an overall sentiment of what you shared. And that is that this is stewarding a a discipline and not an emotional experience. Hmm. Um, That this is more about holding a posture Hmm. and setting yourself up in a proactive way for, I don't even want to say success, but Dallas Willard says that in, in the spiritual formation journey, grace is opposed to earning, mm. not to effort. Mm. And I think that in the effort of, of, of stewarding this discipline, this posture, I think God honors that. Mm. Um, and you will find a richer and deeper joy than any mountaintop experience that you've walked through. Yeah. Sense, uh, trust the process in that sense that, um, and, and I think that's important, you know, it's probably one we can talk a full podcast on that, that Dallas Willard quote, because, um, you know, if we're trying to earn it or prove it, um, you know, we, we've lost sight of, of the gift that's been given to us. But if we receive the gift, there will be something that, that, that comes from that. That's the promise of God. You know, when he said that, that I've told you this, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. He's saying that if you will abide in me and follow my commands and trust me in this process, the joy that I have will be in you and you will be in me and there'll be unity and it will now be complete. So, so that's the part where, uh, I know it feels hard when we're down and we're blue, uh, and we are um, just having none of this, but that's why just some of the simplest things, you know, that we talked about here can can be some of that that important stuff. And then once you take those steps, you take some other steps, you take some other steps. Um, you know, we we again not here to to tell you this is the magical pill, but we are to tell you that you can trust who God is. And when God tells us these things, as Ryan shared in Psalm 16 or, you know, Mike, and we talk about John 15 a little bit, you can trust God in that. And and I don't know how it's going to play out. I don't know what your next journey will be. I don't know what the next process will look like, but I trust God in that. And if we can do anything, we would love to do that. Uh, if you want to email us, you can at info at churchrefuge.com. Um, you know, even if maybe you're thinking, Hey, I I need to see someone more professionally, uh, you know, uh, and you're around our local area, I could connect you to some people. If you think, Hey, I just need prayer right now. We would love to pray for you. Um, but this Advent season that we're in and the connecting of joy and the good news of great joy that has come to us and the savior has been born is, is a, a, a truth that we hold on to. Um, you know, uh, we were talking earlier about Narnia and the Christmas thing. And, you know, one of the things they say is they talk about is always winter, never Christmas in the book of Narnia. And, and the truth is that sometimes we feel that way, that it's always winter and there's never the celebration of Christmas. But the Christian faith tells us that's, that's the curse that, that Jesus came to break. 
and that it may still feel like winter, but there's always Christmas. And again, I'm not saying the joy of the, of the, of the festivals, but I'm saying the joy of the truth of Christmas. And so again, if we can help, let us do that. Hopefully, uh, you know, you can understand and experience this joy that we're talking about.